been some exciting stuff going on in our student ministry. We are currently reaching over 200 students a week. And every week we're seeing life change. Yeah. Every week we're seeing lives changed. Students make commitments to Christ. I mean, God has just been doing some amazing, amazing things. But there are still thousands of teenagers who still need to be reached in Oklahoma City. And right now, teenagers are living in one of the toughest times in history. Right now, teenagers are living one of the toughest times ever in American history, and we're doing a great job, but there are still so many more that need to be reached. To kind of give you an idea of what's going on and what our teens are facing and going through, have a little video here just to kind of share with you. Check this out. Luke chapter 12, verse 54 through 56. He, Jesus, said to the crowd, when you see a cloud rising in the west, immediately you say, it's going to rain, and it does. And when the south wind blows, you say, it's going to be hot, and it is. Hypocrites, you know how to interpret the appearance of the earth and the sky. How is it that you don't know how to interpret this present time? And I want to challenge you today that we need to interpret the times, that we need to interpret and understand what our teenagers are going through and facing, that right now there is a battle for the souls of our teenagers, and they are being attacked from every angle. They are being ambushed, they are being beat up, lied to, that they are being abandoned, they are being stolen from, they are being destroyed. And the title of my message today is, It's Time. It's time. And specifically, I want to share with you two things it's time for. Two things that it's time for. The first is this. It's a time for urgency. It's a time for urgency. Pastor Herbert mentioned this last week. Right now, there are more teenagers on the face of the planet than ever before in history. And it's time for urgency because our teenagers are dealing with issues that have never been present in American history. They are dealing with issues that we never had to face with as teenagers. They are dealing with things that have never been present in American history. Just to kind of paint the picture for you. It's not in your notes, but you can jot this down. I want to share with you four areas. Four areas that our teenagers have to deal with that has never been present in American history. Four areas that are dealing with that has never been present in American history. The first area is this. You can just write 4%. 4%. At the present rate, only 4% of our teenagers will be Bible-believing Christians. Through studies and statistics, that they found that during the World War II generation, there were 65% of Bible-believing Christians. And in one lifetime, statistics show it will go from 65 down to 4%. With the decline of Christian values, with, with the changes in our world and all that our teenagers are facing, they're saying just through one generation, with all of that's been going on, this generation is going to drop down to 4%. And here's the thing, we only have about five years to change 4%. We only have about five years to make a difference and help raise that number because most of them will be in their 20s in five years. And you might be like, well, why is that important? Well, why do I need to know that? This is why that's important. 
Because when a teenager turns 19, the percentage of them that can be reached goes significantly down. It goes down significantly. Matter of fact, a few statistics and and studies show that after the age of 18, only one out of 10 teenagers will live for Christ. This is how it's going down to 4%. And see, the devil's attack is get them young. Get them young. If I can get them now, I don't have to worry about them later. If I can get them young, if I can get them before that age, if I can get them set in their ways and set in their beliefs, he wants to drop that number down lower and lower and lower. These are urgent times. And we don't have any time to waste. The second area that they they are facing, and maybe we have dealt with that to an extent when we are teens, but it's nowhere near. What our teenagers are facing right now is is the bombardment of media. If you want to put that in your notes, the bombardment of media. Check this out. Between TVs, movies, video games, and the internet, the average teenager takes in between 35 to 55 hours per week in front of a screen. That's a full-time job. You, You know what I mean? Like, sorry, I worked that many hours. I'm trying to knock them hours down. 35, the average teenager, 35 to 55 hours a week in front of a screen. And and, and don't get me wrong, I'm not saying go home, burn your computers, burn your TVs, smash yourself. That's not what I'm saying. Because we use technology here at People's Church to reach and impact the lives of of teenagers and, and of many. But with the bombardment of media, we need to be careful of everything that's coming through the media. The, the negative, the, the nastiness, the junk. Because it is shaping our kids. It's shaping teenagers. And here's what's, here's what's the struggle. I mean, let's be honest. Some of y'all still got eight tracks. Let's just, let's just be real. Some of y'all still got eight tracks. Some of you are like, oh, I don't got an eight track. I got a Walkman. Every day at the Y, you got your Walkman, plus play, rewind, you know. And some of you are like, no, no, no. Pastor Chris, I'm cutting edge. I got a CD player. See, can I tell you there's not one teenager in this room that wants a compact CD player? It's not cool anymore. They got iPods and MP3s. They know how to work iTunes. They got videos on their iPod. They, they, are, they are so much further advanced in, in, with media and technology than we are. We come from a day of no remotes. You remember that? I, can't, I was my dad's remote. Christopher, go change the channel. I got up off the couch. What channel, Dad? 13. So I hit the 1 and the 3. Look, some of you are impressed. Ooh, you had number buttons. We had the twist dial. And some of you, the twist dial was so bad, if you passed the channel, you had to go all the way around. You couldn't go back. Nowadays, this generation can watch TV online. They don't even need a TV. They don't even need it. They can watch all their shows, movies, everything. They can watch it all online. They, they are just so, there's just a bombardment of media and advances. Teens now are sexting. Don't you mean texting? No. They, they're, they're, they've gone advanced. They are now sexting. What that means is right now, a popular thing with teenagers is, is to text sexual messages to each other or text sexual photos to one another. Some of you are sweating. I don't even know how to text. I'm not even texting, and they're sexting. What do we do? And they're so far advanced. I'm telling you, this generation got skills. 
They don't even need to look at their phone to text. Right now, they're behind their back texting their buddy. Man, Pastor Chris is blowing up my spot talking about this stuff. And you don't even know they just sent that text. They don't even have to look at it. Where most of us, we're like this, right? Right? I mean, they don't text out a whole paragraph. We're trying to get one word out. <laughs> I mean, it is so far advanced. And again, I'm not, I'm not saying media and technology is wrong, but it's the stuff that's coming through. Video games are now having a profound effect on this generation, on our teenagers. There's a game called Grand Theft Auto. This video game is a video game where you can run people over with cars you can beat people to death, and you can rape prostitutes. A video game where you can rape women. There's something wrong with that. One study shows that gang members use this game to plan their murders. Technology has become so advanced that what's been put out there as a fun game for teenagers, gangs are using to plan out murders. There's something wrong when video games, TVs, shows, movies, and the internet are raising and teaching our teenagers values. This is the first generation in the history of the world where kids are more influenced outside of the home than inside of the home. There is this bombardment of media. And again, I'm not saying all media is bad. I'm not trying to be legalistic, but we need to be very careful with what's coming through the media, coming into the minds and the hearts of our teenagers. These are urgent times. The third area that they're dealing with that we've never had to deal with, or if we did, it's minor compared to how our teenagers are having to face it is the sexualization of our culture. The sexualization of our culture. From music to TV to billboards to movies, sex is everywhere. I mean, you can't even walk through a mall without seeing this big picture of Victoria showing all her secrets. There ain't nothing secret about that. You know, you want to make it a secret. Girl, let me get you a coat. You must be cold, you know. Yeah, I mean, you just walk, just walk through the mall. Victoria... Not a whole lot of secret in there. On MTV channel, channel watched by a lot of teenagers as, as well as adults, there are 3,000 soft core porn images a week. A week. And scientific studies by, by the RAND Corporation said that young people watching and listening to these things are twice as likely to be involved. It's everywhere. Everywhere they turn, everywhere they look. These are urgent times. Fourth area that they're dealing with that we never had to deal with or nowhere near to the capacity that they are. You can write this down if you want in your notes. Point and click pornography. Point and click pornography. Studies show that 90% of teens deal with these images while doing homework. They're just trying to get math work done. They're just trying to write that paper. And they're dealing with pop-ups and things and, 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 and advertisements. And, and, and you know how it is. I'm sure anybody that's got a computer, you, you've hit a pop-up. And if you don't close that bad boy right, I mean like 10 other pop-ups just fly all over the screen. You're like picking up your computer, throwing it on the ground. I mean, you just stomp it. Like you don't even know what to do. 
And this is what they're facing. And, and they're so tech savvy and, they, and they're on the internet so much. And again, I'm not saying that I use the internet like crazy. But it's so accessible, it's so available. And, and listen to this, studies show that 80% of teens have had multiple exposures to hardcore porn online. Statistics show that 12 through 17 year olds are the largest age group watching porn online. And technology has advanced in such a way that now cell phone porn is on its way to becoming bigger than real porn. Where through internet or a certain text message or, 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 or certain applications, they can now access porn sites right on their cell phone. And here's what's scary about the cell phone. It just asks them a question, are you over 18? And all they have to do is hit yes or no. There's no barrier. Even if there was, most of the cell phones are under your name. And so they are now using this technology to corrupt our students. And, and can I just encourage you real quick, parents, uncles, aunts, grandparents, friends, man, get protection on your computer. Get, get barriers, get, get filters. Let, let's be preventative about this because a lot of times, obviously there's some that just want to go look at it, but sometimes, again, it just pops up. It's there. And if we can be preventative, we can help make a difference. It is, time, it is a time for urgency. It's a time for urgency. This is the toughest time to be a teenager. They are going through things that we can't even imagine. Which leads to my second point. The second thing that it's time for, it's time for a plan. It's time for a plan. And I want to share with you three things we can do for our teenagers. Three things we can do for our teenagers. Number one, pray for our teens and their friends. Pray for our teens and their friends. Matthew chapter 19, verse 13 through 14. It says, Then little children were brought to Jesus for him to place his hands on them and pray for them. But the disciples rebuked those who brought them. Jesus said, let the little children come to me. Do not hinder them, for the kingdom of heaven belongs to such as these. Let's remember our teenagers. I know they're teenagers, but they're still little children. And I know they're like, Pastor Chris, what are you talking about? I'm grown. You know, I know you're not, but okay, but, 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 but they are. They're still children and they need our prayers because they are facing things we never had to face. This is one of the toughest times in American history to be a teenager, for a teenager to live and serve Christ. This is one of the times, and every one of us in here knows a teen. We should be praying for them. Many of us know multiple teens. They need our prayers every single day. Pray for them. And I encourage you, I'm not just talking to parents with teenagers. I'm talking about to everybody in this room. Be a spiritual big brother to a teenager or a spiritual big sister or friend or, or a spiritual parent or grandparent. Be, be that spiritual mentor, somebody that's going to be praying for these teenagers. You know, when I started going to church, my family was not going. They were not attending. And I thank God for the adults in that church that did not know me, but they were praying for me. I thank God. Matter of fact, there was a lady, she came up to me, she was like, I'm praying for you. And I'm like, okay, you're weird. And I'm, I'm like, I'm walking away. But now I can appreciate that. I can be so thankful for that. I can thank God that there were adults who didn't even know me, but they cared about me. And they were praying for me, even though I was living a wild and crazy life. And can I help you? When they were praying, it wasn't a condemning prayer. Oh, Lord, take him away from our church. Take him away, oh Lord. Lord, next time he wants to come, just let him break his leg. Not too badly, but just, just a little break. Or, Lord, just keep him away from my daughter. That's probably a good prayer. That's probably a good one right there. That's a good one. 
But I'm talking about not praying prayers. Lord, I know he needs Jesus. I know he's a heathen. So take him to the church down the street. Lord, they can minister. Don't let him defile our church. Lord, no. no, they were praying for my salvation. They loved me unconditionally. Every single one of us knows a teenager and they need our prayers. We must pray for them and their friends. Second thing we can do for our teenagers, number two, communicate with our teens. Communicate with our teens. Proverbs chapter 22, verse 6. It says, train a child in the way he should go, and when he is old, he will not turn from it. One of the ways that we can train them is through, is through encouraging them, talking to them, communicating with them, talking to them about God, talking to them about the issues that they're dealing with. And, and not just talking, but asking questions. Let's learn from them. I love going to a, a lunch or talking with teenagers, and I'll start asking questions, and they blow my mind. They'll say things that they're going through that I can't even believe. I'm like, what? And I'm not like, what? You deserve to be whooped. I'm thinking, what? My heart breaks for you. I can't believe you're dealing with that, that you're going through that, that you have to deal with that kind of pressure. I, I can't even imagine what you're going through. Let's learn from them. Let's talk to them. Let's get in their world. Let's ask them questions. Please, let's not let our teenagers learn about sex and life through their friends and media. Let it learn it from us. Talk to them, get in their world. And can I help you when I say talk to them? Please don't say this. Well, when I was young, I would have never have done that. I don't even know who raised you. I did not raise you. I would have never have done that. You did not go through what they are facing and going through. Get in their world. Find some of it out. Have some compassion. These are different times. They are very difficult times. Can I help you with something else? Yelling and talking down to your teens is not a good form of communication. Can I, can I? And all the teenagers were like, amen, you know. Can I tell you when you do that, all they, what happens is, wah, 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 Nothing got through. Ask them questions. Be calm. Get in the world. Have open communication. Talk to them about their Facebook and their MySpace. Oh, no, Pastor Chris, that's their space. You know, I don't want to pry. Who's paying the electricity bill? Who, who bought the computer paying for the Internet? That's not Facebook. It's your book. It's not my space, it's your space. I know, all the teenagers are like, Pastor Chris, I I'm never coming to Epic again. I can't believe you're doing this to me. Just, but have open conversation. Hey, look, this is what I'm going to do once a month or once a week. I'm going to go on your page. And the reality is, if there's nothing bad on there, it's not going to matter. If they're fighting you about it, that's probably a good sign that you need to go log in right away. <laughs> it's yours. You're paying for it. Check on their cell phone. What's going on? Again, if there's nothing wrong, they're not going to mind. Oh, but that's, I got them that cell phone for their, yeah, that's right. You got it. You paid for it. You paying for the bill. That bill's coming to your house. If they are underneath the, your roof in your house, check in on them. Communicate. Talk to them. Find out what's going on in their world. And I know the teens are mad at me. I love you guys. But teenagers, hear me real quick. Your life is too precious and important for us not to know what's going on. Parents, friends, aunts, uncles, brothers, sisters, grandparents, 
Their lives are too precious and important for us not to know what's going on. We need to help them, communicate with them, talk to them about their friends, sex, school. Talk to them, communicate. Let it be open, let there be dialogue. And be it in a way that I want to help you, not ground you and punish you. I I want to help you. I want to help you. Communicate. Third thing, third thing we can do for our teenagers is load our car every Wednesday and Sunday with teenagers. With teenagers. Load our car every Wednesday and Sunday with teens. Romans chapter 10, verse 14 through 15. It says, how then can they call on the one they have not believed in? And how can they believe in the one of whom they have not heard? And how can they hear without someone preaching to them? And how can they preach unless they are sent? As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who bring good news. Every Wednesday night, we put on a full high school experience. Every Wednesday night, 7 p.m., we put on a high school experience. We are specifically crafting the worship and the message for high school students to bring them the good news. We need your teenagers here every Wednesday night. We want to help you equip them and train them. Every Wednesday night, we provide this. Every Wednesday night, we have discussion groups for our junior high students where they are diving in to God's Word and discussions and questions, and they're learning, and they're being presented with the good news load your car, fill it, bring them here. It is worth the gas money. It's worth it. Every Sunday, right now in this experience, we have a service going on right now just for junior high students. The message, the worship, everything in there, it's all about them. If you're a junior high student, in the, man, when you leave this experience, go down there, check out that room. Next week at 10.30, go down there. We want to love you, we want to equip you. Parents, make it a priority to get them in there. Make it a priority. For our high school students on Sunday morning, these messages are relevant. Most high school students love coming on Sundays. Bring them, invite them, load up your car where they can hear the good news, the gospel, where their lives can be changed. Let us use every Wednesday night, every Sunday morning to impact every teenager in Oklahoma City. I want to share with you a testimony video. And this is about a young lady whose parents don't go to our church. But a family from our church brings her every week. They pay the gas money. They make the time. They bring her here every week. Listen to her story. Before I came to Epic, like, I was never, like, disrespectful to, like, people and all that kind of stuff. And I never, like, slacked off on my grades. But I really didn't have, like, any self-confidence. And, like, my image of myself was just, like, really bad. Like, I hated looking in the mirror in the morning. But, like, since I came to Epic, like, God has just been like, Danny, look in the mirror. Like, you're okay. Like, calm down. You're okay. I feel a lot better about myself. And whenever they did the sex series, like, before that, like, all my friends were talking about, I'm going to get a purity ring. And I was like, okay. Like, I mean, in high school and college, I've always, like, heard, like, people go off and, you know, have sex and all that kind of stuff. And I'm just like, okay, I don't know if I'm going to be strong enough for that. But whenever they had the sex series, I was just like, yeah, I'm going to wait. Like, I believe sex is for marriage now. Like, it's not for anything else. And, like, I think I'm strong enough for that now. Epic means the world to me. I don't know. Like, whenever I first came, I was kind of intimidated just because, like, everybody else had been going here for, like, ever. And, but everybody here is so nice. Like, I love people here. Like, they're amazing.
Danny is brought here every Wednesday night by a family from our church. Danny and her friends now are bringing other friends that they have multiple cars on Wednesdays that are coming, bringing students from their school. Their lives are being changed, they're being impacted by the good news of Jesus Christ. Every Wednesday night we offer this ministry for high school and junior high students and it is changing lives. We, we tell the students Epic is all about them. And it is. Epic is here. It's free to impact the lives of teenagers. I'm here full time to help reach every student in Oklahoma City. On a weekly basis, I have about 80 volunteers that give their time, love, and energy to reach teenagers all over Oklahoma City. And our work is nowhere near done. There's so many more teenagers to reach. Matter of fact, we need more help. We need more men that are going to come on Wednesday night and invest in our young boys and show them what it looks like to be a godly man. We need ladies that are going to come in and plug in and love on our students. We want to reach this whole city, every student that needs Christ. We don't want to stop. 200 is not enough because there are still thousands thousands who need Jesus. Every week we are seeing life change. Why? Because Jesus is here. It's a place where we worship and we preach God's word and we teach them. And and I know you see the funny commercial and I'm on my desk, but, but really there is so much more to that. There's so much more than that. We are here to reach every single student. Let us help you. Help us. We can't do it without you. If you have a teen, bring them. If you don't have a teen, fill up your car and bring them. It's worth the investment. This generation is hurting. They are facing the most troubled and difficult times ever. And we can make a difference. And here's what I know. Most teenagers will be here if we make it a priority to invite them and bring them. If it's not a priority, they're going to talk you out of it. They're going to give you some excuse and you're going to give in. But if you make it a priority, you make the time so many lives can be changed. And give us time. It's not going to be a one-hit wonder. I see people, they bring them one time. Oh, it didn't fix them, so they never bring them back. Man, it's a process. It took me a whole year to get my life right. It's going to take patience and commitment, prayer, communication, loading up our car. It is time for a plan. It is time to make a difference. I'm begging you. I'm pleading with you. Fill your car. Load it up every Wednesday and Sunday with teenagers. Can I tell you, the devil will never give up. He's never going to take a day off. He's never going to be too tired. He's never going to not want to spend the gas money. He's never, he is going to attack and attack and attack in any way, shape, and form. He's going to attack our teenagers. And it's time for us to have an urgency to make a plan to fight for and rescue them, to stand up for them. It's time. And it must start today. Let's pray. If you'll bow your heads and close your eyes. Father. I just want to lift up your throne.